0: Hey there, and thanks for joining us for The Weekly Grind, a podcast where we work out the topics that shape and influence the culture, community, and church of today from a biblical perspective. I'm Ben, here with my pastor and good friend Chip. He is the lead pastor, and I'm the worship pastor at the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. Today on the podcast, we are joined by the newest member of the team here at NapNaz, Justin Braun. We spent some time today in the podcast talking about God's call on his life and how he has navigated finding God's will through the past few years from from being a successful engineering student major to pastoral ministry. This is The Weekly Grind. All right, well, I think we have a fun podcast uh, for you today. It's an exciting one. I'm excited about it. And a few, it kind of... Uh, Kind of jumps uh, adds to um, episode ten where we talked about determining the will of God, and we shared and we shared some of our own experiences, Chip, of just how how God um, brought us through and how we navigated, na- navigated that. And the ninety ten rule, right? Absolutely. Where you know really ninety percent of of the will He has for my life is ninety percent of what He has for your life, and so often we get fixated on that ten percent. And so um I go. think
1: I think what we get to talk about today is a little bit of that ten percent. Hmm. Yeah. But yet yes. somebody who was
0: immersed in the ninety percent. Yeah, absolutely. And then the ten percent is playing it out. It just kinda of plays out. That's right. Yeah. 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 So so today with us we have uh Justin Braun and it's a privilege to it's have good to be here. To have you on today and it's a privilege is to Is it
1: Jordan or Justin? I think
0: this one's Justin. Uh, we got jokes. That's what his name tag said, <laughs> and uh, and so and this is an exciting time for our church as well, yeah. and so um, so we have an opportunity to to bring one of our own back for for a, a 10, 12 month internship, yep. uh, whatever that looks like. He's going to be in in and out of all of the different ministries and things that go on here, and um, but we we really I want to hear your story today. And and a little bit about where God's God's taking you, mm-hmm. and so um so that's why we had you on today. Sounds great. And uh, yeah, we're excited about it.
1: I think that uh, what's cool about today is we get a little bit of a this is what it looks like in real life. Like yeah. we can talk about scripture, we can talk about kingdom, abstract we can talk ideas. About, absolutely, abstract's a great word. Yeah. But how does that play out? What, what is there a name and a face with it? Mm-hmm. And I think. Uh, we wanted to continue the conversation of God's will, and you are a, a good example to us mm. to how that kind of plays out. And I think all of us make plans, right? We have hopes, desires, wishes, um, and a lot of times we wrestle with, are my goals, are my plans, even are my desires a lot of times, do they align With God's will. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, at least in my own life personally, I had a lot of fear, and some of it was my background, and an overplay on certain characteristics of God. Yeah. But I thought, I really like that, but probably God doesn't want that Mm. for my life. And I think, honestly, as a pastor now for 15 years, I have pastored a lot of people that live in that area. Hmm. Like, this is what I want to do with my life, mm-hmm. but I have this fear that it's not what God wants me to do with my life, and that somehow God actually wants me to give up certain goals and desires for something else that He wants me to do.
0: Right. Well, and it's kind of, I mean, the enemy of of great is just doing, it's just good. Absolutely. And, and just... Kind of on par, and so we can settle for a life where God can use us. But if if He's speaking into our lives, and and we know that there's God wants to use us for great things, which He does for each of us, Mm -hmm. that's 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 it's it's going to take a little bit of a boldness, yeah, of uh, maybe foolishness in the eyes of the world, (laughs) yeah. Um. So, and I want to hear a little bit about your your story and, and share. I know. I know big chunks of it. Yeah. But uh, you're raised in Napoleon, uh, right here in this church. Yeah. Have a lot of relationships here, and then you went off to uh, to uh, University of Toledo. So, tell me about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, so University of Toledo engineering. In my eyes, I was doing the right thing. You know, you're good in math and science in high school, and
0: makes sense on paper. Ex- then. Exactly.
2: The yeah. the right track is. You're good in math and science. You're going to engineering school. Um, that's that's the way you raise a family, right? Engineering is the secure route to raising a family, and that's nothing wrong with that. I had dreams of going to med school through engineering. So not only did I want to be an engineer, but I had these lofty goals of wanting to go to med school because I'm like, this is the smart route. This is how you make an impact in the world. You make a change, make a difference. But you're also getting some of the prestige and the honor along with you're that. You're
1: experiencing the
2: American dream. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That was. That's what going into college was like, but it was, honestly, it was in college, though, that God kind of made my faith my own. Um, he came in, it was when I left Napoleon for the first time, in mm-hmm. which my faith was no longer dependent, not even on my parents, but on this church in particular. I had this amazing, great church family that I could rely upon um, for for so long, and then leaving here, and Toledo is, what, 40 minutes away? It's not that far. Yeah. Um, but for the very first time, I was left with the decision like, am I going to continue pursuing this faith or um, will I just do my own thing? Um, and so that, that created, honestly, a lot of pain at the beginning. Uh, there was a lot. There was a huge identity crisis. Growth usually does. Oh, yeah. man, pruning like none other. Yeah. Um, and
1: you're in an environment that, quite honestly, is not going to make your decision— any easier yeah it, this right. wasn't a bible school this wasn't <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, you're challenged
2: yeah so and that's really kind of the, the start of it all um and where that was going so
0: cool so you so engineering you uh f- you know four is that a four-year degree
2: uh, for Toledo it's a five-year degree five-year degree yeah.
0: and you spent some time uh actually in Warsaw on yeah. the job training and all that kind of stuff and, oh yeah and yeah. so was that something that you were satisfied with
2: um it's it's a weird satisfied is a weird thing um i the experiences that i got working within the engineering realm in warsaw i mean it's the hub of orthopedics and i mean it was a you get this idea of it's it's a pretty prestigious thing i mean you're working on this new cutting edge technology on knee development, knee replacements. I mean, it was amazing working on cadavers, working with the surgeons. And truly
0: making a difference, like you said. You have an opportunity to really make a difference. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Did you say cadavers?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So many stories of working in there with surgeons and the engineers, developing processes and and tools and instruments that you're going in there. That's not my (laughs) dream.
0: Chip's in the right place. But but it,
2: it felt great. You are know, you're, you're in Warsaw yeah. and you're working with other engineers. And, and I don't know if, if the work necessarily left me satisfied, but definitely the image it gave me, the image that I thought I had, yeah. left me satisfied. The people I worked with left me satisfied. So what's
0: your what's your degree in, through the University of Toledo? Uh,
2: bioengineering.
0: Bioengineering.
2: Bioengineering. So. so obviously sitting right here uh, in a
1: church podcast setting, as an intern mm-hmm. on the church staff something changed. Oh,
2: yeah. Right. Most Can you definitely. just
1: talk about that because I think at the end the takeaway um there is a inherent trust in the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. That it ends up your your life is testifying to that. My life, Ben's life where when God leads, we come to a point where we recognize he is so good. Yeah. He knows us. Better than anybody, and he actually knows what makes us sing. That's yeah. what makes us live. Yep. Where we're wired. Where and so, obviously something changed. Yeah, because you're sitting here, yeah, not in Warsaw, Indiana that, anymore, that's right. or somewhere that's else, right. working on cadavers. Right. Although maybe some days it feels like you're. <laughs> talk talk,
2: talk about a bunch that. Of dead bodies around here? No. Hope <laughs> well, um, not. Uh, no, I think it was it was it was a process that was that was slow. It was a process that I didn't even realize was ha- it was a very subtle process that I didn't even realize was happening until really until I looked back on my years I'm like wow this is what happened you know in hindsights is 20 is 2020 um, and like I said the beginning of college is where God determined to show me like you're gonna make your faith your own um, and so when it when it came to interning in Warsaw Indiana even even that was I yeah I felt great I was working as a engineering intern with great people doing amazing things. But then in Warsaw, even, I I, I had this innate desire like, hey, we, we got to do something here. Um, and so that, that just started with leading a Bible study in Warsaw, really thinking nothing of it. I mean, that's, that's how we were all raised. Like, we need to be in the Bible. We need to be having a Bible study. But even that, though, I, I began to feel like I loved doing that. I, I got some of the engineering interns around me we're like let's do this let's let's start this Bible study and I co-led a Bible study with a friend and it brought a lot of joy in my life sitting there walking through uh, we did first Samuel just a random and it was great it was fantastic um, but even that I, w- I wasn't even thinking ministry at that point in time um, so when I we would rotate semesters between co-oping or interning and coming back to school so I'd come back to school and I I was in I was enveloped with with the church community and in Toledo, the pastor of the church that I was going to, he, he he pushed us out of our comfort zone and he he challenged us, hey, get up with me at 6 o'clock on a Thursday morning and we're going to do an in-depth study of, of Mark. And that brought a lot of joy in my life. And all of a sudden, I began to realize, wait a minute, I I love this so much more than studying engineering. Maybe that's a, give, a gimme, um, but I began to realize... <laughs> I, I do th- too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so amazing to see to really begin thinking about, like, I love the truths that I'm learning. I love getting up at six o'clock in the morning. It wasn't every, if I'm being honest, I didn't make that every single week, but uh, doing stuff of that nature brought true joy in my life. Um, Again, still not thinking about the ministry aspect until one day I was challenged. It was a college-led Sunday at the church we were going to, and I got voluntold, like, hey, we want you to we want you to kind of give a six-minute sermon, if you will. Hmm. Um, Had you done that before? Never. That type of, okay. I, in public speaking. I mean, you can you can ask my high school speech teacher. So up
0: until then, it's leading small groups, being a part of small groups. That's, yeah, but yep. but nothing. Nothing. Like that. Yeah,
2: and and that the thought terrified me. Yeah. At that point in time, I mean, so incredibly nervous, and I I was actually resentful. That someone told me to do this because I didn't volunteer for this. There was no part of me that had a desire to do this.
0: Chip tells me to do that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's good though. Yeah,
2: and, and it and it ended up being so yeah. so good. And it was at that point in time for the very first time after I kind of gave that six minute spiel, um, where the, the pastor's wife actually of that church she came up to me and my family, um, and she's like, "You, you have something there." You should think about at least thinking about it, cool, and that began a train of thought that eventually led me to being right here- Get, um moving on. I would go on to work as an engineer for a year, I lived that life, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't running away from something but running towards something yeah. and um after a year of that, eventually, here I
1: am I just, just seemed, yeah, oh, sorry it seemed to me maybe like a in that year, was there a growing awareness, oh, yeah. Uh, I I found even in my own life that it can be easy when God starts to speak to you about something. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't know what to do with it. And sometimes, quite honestly, uh, I know personally, not maybe huge things, but just the day-to-day or the life things, it can be easy to quench the Spirit at first just because Mm -hmm. we're uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. we're unsure, we don't want to be. But I found that when God has led me to something... He just patiently continues to keep it in front of me. Exactly I can't right. get away from That's it. That's exactly right. And then there's a growing awareness in my life. This is what I got to do. Yeah. Right? This is who I got to be. Was it like
2: that or hands hands okay. down? I mean, it, like I said, it was st- it was a very slow progress um, process. Yeah. Um, but even even in that year that I worked full time as an engineer it, back in Warsaw, Indiana. Even then, um, I had this innate desire, like I I want to get involved in ministry. I want to get plugged into a church, and so I began leading a, a Bible study there. And I was I was seeking out mentorship. So at this point in time, and the advice from my father, hey, continue to discern. Don't don't let this be a gut reaction. Don't let this be something you're running away from. But let this. Let this be something that you're truly discerning and yeah, getting advice from others. Um, so I get to Warsaw, and I felt a conviction, like, I need to seek out a mentor here. So I, I sought out the pastor of the church that I was going to, yeah. and he was continue I, mean, I was, I was re- receiving affirmation from friends and mentors in my life saying, hey, no, I think this is actually something that not only could you be good at, but you might. this might be a, a calling on your life. And um, I realized for myself that I, I couldn't make that decision on my own. Um, it was the leading of others, the discernment of others, the God-fearing wisdom of others that well, helped me What a
0: testament of having godly parents that, I mean, you have a child that just excelled through a five-year degree at the University of Toledo, mm-hmm. and now he feels the call of God to maybe do something, mm-hmm. uh, to change course. And, and um, to a less
2: secure route, yeah, if you will. Yeah, and
0: to a less, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned American Dream of just that, you know, all intents and purposes, the security part mm-hmm. of it and everything um, to have that and to have I, I have a that's a cool prophetic word that um, the pastor's wife spoke kind of into you as well that you know yeah I thought you she have, was crazy at the time yeah you have that I I kind of have that in my own life and in the call out of my ministry it's almost like somebody you're you're searching you're kind of working through these these feelings and where God's leading you and then somebody just puts a magnifying glass right over it yeah and just draws your attention to it. And then it's like, okay, and there's a new awareness.
2: And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened.
1: And this might be a little bit of a detour. We'll continue like, you know, you're finishing up that year. But something we've talked about from our own experiences, Mm -hmm. and if this is a podcast to try to, you know, bring attention to and understand the kingdom community and kingdom life, these are, we are illustrations of the power of community that exists in the kingdom That's exactly where right. discerning godly people can speak into our life and actually see things we don't see yeah, or breathe confidence when we're f- kind of faltering. Mm-hmm. And I know I wouldn't be where I'm at without a kingdom community. Mm-hmm. and And I think this is something we keep coming back to what God has put together in the kingdom, boy, it is life-giving. And it also helps each one of us tap into experience and find who we're meant to be. Yeah. And it's fulfilling. And and I I, I just wanted to take a moment and remind, you know, all our listeners, remind ourselves that what we're a part of is incredibly, incredibly valuable. And Maybe I'm starting to move to that point, you know, in my late 30s. Oh, I'm sorry, 40. You're well into 40. Yeah. (laughs) Well into 40. Come on, man. Well into your
0: 40th year. Yeah, there you go. That's what I meant.
1: But maybe I'm on moving toward the other side Mm. where God needs to use me to have discernment and speak confidence into lives that are coming up. Yeah. But it is a beautiful thing, the kingdom community, and um, I challenge anybody: if you will immerse yourself in the kingdom through groups, through relationships, mm-hmm. through serving mm-hmm. together, what will happen in your life will bring all sorts of value, right? And you'll have trusted people around you that can that will help you experience. You know fulfillment. That's exactly right. Yeah, That's exactly especially right.
0: looking back, like you said, it, over the years of, you know, just looking back and seeing how how God was working in that time when maybe we didn't have that clear vision or didn't couldn't see how yeah. he was how he was working in our yeah. lives.
2: Yeah, and I and and honestly, in through those through those five years at Toledo and even into that year of working as an, I mean, there was a, there were a lot of failures within that, a lot of a lot of pain that you know required me to process, like, God, what are you doing in this moment? And it was because of the community around me that was speaking into my life, like, hey, you know, look at what God has done for you. Look at what God has provided for you up into this point in time. You might not be going down the track that you had envisioned for yourself at the beginning of the five years, but look at what look what's going on right here, right now. Yes. Um, and and so it wasn't that I just changed courses. Mm-hmm. It was just that God had me on this course all along, and he was he was directing me the entire time. Like this is what I have for you. You were you were looking to the left while you were driving down this road, but if you had just turned to the right, you would have seen exactly where I was taking. you And the it's not time. if
0: somebody speaks in you, but who is speaking into you? Exactly. Because I I fully believe you know God using those relationships to affirm and reaffirm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not surrounding yourself with uh, godly influence, that can, it just it makes it a lot harder to discern.
2: Right. I mean, if we, are the, if we are the body of Christ, yet we're trying to work alone, I mean, it would be as if I'm separating the foot from the body and trying to move the foot without the body. I need the body to help Absolutely. move me, and the body needs me to help move the body. Absolutely, um, we, We're all in this together. So
1: talk about ending up uh, that year at Warsaw mm-hmm. and kind of the tangible concrete steps you begin to take yeah. in embracing god's call for your life
2: yeah that's exactly right um, going into so i well it was, it was it was a crazy week at the end of my engineering um time in toledo where i i received my last rejection from med school i received my acceptance to dallas seminary and i received a job offer from an engineering company yeah. and so all of a sudden i I'm, I'm looking at what's in front of me i see my my vision for becoming a doctor and Like, that is it is completely shut down. Um, I see engineering in front of me. I'm like, man, do I really want to do this? And I see seminary in front of me. I'm like, that's that's intriguing to me. And um, unfortunately, at this point in time, I have not processed this with anybody. I haven't talked to my parents. I haven't talked to my brother or any friends about this. Like I said, I was trying to dislocate the foot from the rest of the body. So this is when I begin the conversations. And this is where my dad speaks wisdom into me, saying, hey, how about you take this year you've been provided this this job offer. Why don't you take this year to discern, discern what your next steps are. Make make sure that this is truly what you're, not that he was dissuading me from going to seminary or pursuing ministry, but he's like, make sure this is exactly um, what God is calling you to. Don't make just this a gut reaction. So I moved to Warsaw, begin working. And it was at that point in time where I start looking into what it, what does a life of ministry look like? What is going to seminary look like? What is this all about? Um, this when I look up my pastor, I'm like, hey, give me advice. What it, what is what is going on here? What am I supposed to do? Should I go to this seminary? This seminary? Um, so he began speaking into my life, and then at the same time, he was giving me opportunities. If he was giving me opportunities to kind of prove the calling on my life yeah. to discern, the, he's like, why don't you go ahead and lead this? this college group. Lead your peers through the Bible.
1: Do you and, really have the gifts and graces? That, yeah. yeah.
2: And, and That helps you to see, too. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exa- And fortunately, uh, I had I had a group of people around me within the Warsaw area who was willing to speak truth into my life. Hey, dude, you're not doing such a hot job leading this Bible study, or hey, I really appreciated what you had to say here. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, the pastor gave me an opportunity. He's like, you think you want to be a preacher? preach in front of a congregation, preach in front of a, give a real sermon in front of several hundred people, do this. And if you think you can do that well, we'll, we'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he kind of pushed me, pushed me out of the nest and like, let's see if you can fly. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you're going to do here. Um, and he gave me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, and through that, I mean, I, I started looking at different seminaries and it was visiting, visiting Dallas. I'm like, man, this, this is, This is true. This is this is real. My desire to continue pursuing what God has for me, and that's honestly um, where it became like this is happening. This is what I'm gonna start pursuing.
0: One of the one of the things that I I haven't heard you say, which I'm happy about, is um, like it's never too late, right? Mm. So like, man, I've already made the decision for my life. This is where I'm headed, and you know, to go back now, I put all this time and energy. And it's like God's calling you. Like it's not late. If you're if you're 50 years old. And you feel the call of God on your life, answer it. Right. Like it's not it's not too late to sure. ever do any of that yeah. stuff.
2: And the importance of talking about that, if you start get, if you start getting that inkling, yeah. I mean, granted, I'm only twenty six, I don't have that life experience, but what I know is that if I didn't start talking about it with others around me, I never I never would have received the affirmation yeah. like, Hey, this is actually this is actually what God's
0: calling you to. Yeah. We just have so many external pressures, especially in high school, to by the time we graduate high school to have it figured out right. and to have the direction of our lives figured out. And I just, it's just, yeah. that's not right. No. And, and we're finding that out too. Like, and we're finding that what out are the, a, What are the a a percentages hard of, of,
1: uh, college students now they're changing their major. Like, yeah. i switched I'm sure, yeah. Like there's four, of, four I'm sure there's times, a lot of, a lot of parents. Yeah. Four
0: times I switched. <laughs> Because I just felt like I had to decide something and go with it. Right. And I'm sure there's a lot of parents that are like, please. Yeah. <laughs> it it keep switching their major. It's just longer schooling. Well, you're going to see so. a big switch in that once all the the uh, those students grow up and have kids and they really want them to decide and yeah. discern before you, mm-hmm. you know, jump into stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But. Talk about,
1: about not being ever too late. I mean, look at Moses, <laughs> 80 years old.
2: Perfect example.
1: 80 years old. Yeah. Who, the brash, young, cocky, yeah. take it into his own hands at 40. Yeah. At 80. His greatest it, work was ahead of him. Right. And his confidence had been shaken to the point where mm-hmm. he's like, surely I'm not the guy, God. Mm-hmm. I'm 80.
0: Yeah. Wrong guy.
1: <laughs> and yet, you know, through the whole Exodus chapter mm-hmm. 1, 2, and th- 3, three and, um, it became apparent to him. And it wasn't too late for him. Yeah. In fact, the, the best years were ahead of him. Yeah. I think for me, if we're talking to uh, the vast majority of people who would look at your story and say, you know, I, I know God's not going to call me into mm-hmm. ministry. But what's the takeaway that we can always be learning from one another yeah. about being willing to trust in the goodness of God, that when He calls us to do mm-hmm. something, to be a part of a ministry, for me, it's like I believe God is, is calling people in our congregation to start a ministry, mm-hmm. yeah. to give their pat, their life's work. I just had meetings with a couple people that God's been speaking to them for three years hmm. about something in this church Mm-hmm. And they're they're, they're open in their heart, and I believe it's going to be a life's work. Yeah, I believe that this particular uh, lady, what she's walking into, I think ten or fifteen years, uh, or the next ten or fifteen years, the fruit that's going to come from her following mm-hmm. God, and she's going to look back, sitting on a rocking chair, sitting in a rocking chair on her front porch. Mm-hmm at 75 and say, I'm so thankful God called me to do that because look at how much he did. Mm -hmm. And so just talk about what does it look like to go upstream or against the stream to do something that I'm sure is not understood by definitely our world. Sure. Like how do you walk away from a degree already to go into something uncertain? Yeah. What does that look like? And, and, is it courage? Is it, do you have to, do you, just talk about that. How would you communicate yeah. to somebody about embracing what God's calling them to?
2: Well, I think, and going back to the episode 10 of what you guys discussed, this ninety ten rule, mm-hmm. of, we're all called to the same 90%. Mm-hmm. And I think to a certain extent, it begins with that. Like I said, like when, when I entered college and God hit me with a two by four and like, it's time, either you get real or you don't get real. Live the word out. Exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when I am when I begin living in the 90%, if you will, and that, granted it wasn't probably the full 90% yeah. or whatever you would have. But, striving uh, for the 90. Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. When you start striving, when I started striving after this 90, when I begin really living in the Word, being transformed by the Word, all of a sudden Romans 12, 1 and 2 come into play, and like all of a sudden not being conformed to the world and being transformed by the renewing of your mind, it's kind of like getting out of that rut. And it's the, the first part is getting out of the rut, and then you're riding above the rut. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you see, like, wait a minute, this, this is amazing. This is what God has for me. And even though, even though, yeah, the majority of the world might not understand, did it take courage? Sure. But to a certain extent, it was really no sacrifice of mine to leave the engineering world. Yeah, I was, was I, was I, did I have a great salary? Did I have great health benefits? Yeah, it was great. But with, with where I am net now two years, three years after the fact, there is not an ounce of where I feel like, man, I made this huge sacrifice to come do a calling of God because I, I truly believe that within, that within those five years, six years, God got me out of the confirmation of the world, that, yeah. that, of that pattern of the world, and he allowed my mind to be renewed by his spirit. So when it came to seeing his perfect and his good will, it was the easiest thing. And today I'm sitting here and I'm getting goosebumps because I am so excited with where God has me because I began the journey of striving after that 90%. I wasn't worried about, I mean, I was, but God allowed me to be renewed in the sense of forget about this 10% for a while. Let's get you on the basics. Let's get you surrounded with a community of godly people. Let's get you surrounded by a church people, and then from that, Whatever I have for you will just come naturally. And that's exactly what happened. It wasn't like I was stuck. And, yeah, granted, there might be these tough decisions of, you know, do I go here for a job? Do I go here for a job? But in reality, it all came down to how am I going to glorify God? And, yeah, could I glorify God in an engineering job? Most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. But in my desire and pursuit of wanting to glorify God, and as faulty as that may be, he, he, he brought me to where I'm at now. And is it a sacrifice? On paper, Yes. But man, it is it is the easiest thing to you be here li- right yeah, now. you
1: don't live thinking sacrifice, right? Not because when yeah. you when you g- embrace, I guess this is my word for today. I don't know. When you see the goodness of God That's and exactly how right. He's designed you and put you together, and when He leads your life, mm-hmm. you realize I don't want to be anywhere else. I'm as I am the happiest, most fulfilled I will ever be. That- and so I don't even you don't even think about. Well, this is where I could be right now, right do, did you live with that every day or do you not even
2: i mean there's a, there's a certain extent to where you look at those around you I mean I have an de- identical twin brother and, and I see the the life that he is living and yeah, <laughs> at, at points in time I'm like, man, I could have a house like that i yeah. I could have a pool in my backyard, but at the same time yeah. at the same time as great as that is for him and as great as he's doing with his family, living in my parents' basement is just fine with me for the, for the moment <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, I guarantee you're not going to stay there long. No, no, and and, that, and that's not even the point. That's not. I mean, the 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 yeah. the fulfillment and the joy that I'm receiving now through through pursuing what God has for me. in The same way that my twin is pursuing what God has for him. We're yeah. both receiving fulfillment. Exactly.
0: Because yeah. it's. I mean, it's the it's the priesthood of all believers, and it's it's God has a will for each of us, and it's right. to live it's to live within the. Um, Within that, that's our, mm-hmm. that's our hope, that's our goal. I mean, my wife's a teacher. She fully believes that she is, and I, I affirm that, that she is doing kingdom work in the schools, and yeah. she's leveraging that and using that. No doubt, Jordan. The way that he lives his life in the business world and and finance, like
2: oh man, the he testimonies is, he could give you from the conversations that he's had.
0: Absolutely. So it's not that hey, trying to call everyone out of whatever they're doing in the ministry. No, That's not, not. Yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. But it is. It's determining what is what is it that God has for your it's life. That's exactly right. And it's only by um, being in the Word, yeah. right? It's it's uh, being in community. Hands down. In, in the in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's allowing those. It's allowing people to speak into you. Uh, it's wise counsel. It's godly counsel. Yeah. It's people affirming things in you, maybe that you've been discovering. Um, that's 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 where it's at.
2: That's that's yeah. Yeah, and, and I I ahead. think
1: landing on this core identity, this core principle, that when God begins to prompt me, move me, mm-hmm. show me. Mm-hmm. That it's going to be the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the battleground is: we do we really trust in the goodness of God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the world mm-hmm. around us is telling us, and I look at your life, and there there was a there was a process where you have just come to a place where you absolutely believe mm. that what God's calling you into is exactly yeah who you want to be. Who He made you to be, and that's fulfillment, and
2: happiness. That, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I often, I often think of you know, going back to the Exodus story. Mm-hmm. There's a time in my life to where I see that I have just, in, in a certain extent, came out of Egypt, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm seeing like, wow, what God is doing in my life. This is so cool. And that, that, to a certain extent, that was, that was being in college. But there came a point in time to where I had to face the Red Sea in front of me, and there was no the The calling of my life coming into ministry, that came completely out of left field. In the same way that the Israelites are looking at the Red Sea and they're like, how are we, like, what's, and all of a sudden God comes out of left field and blows the waters open, and they had to trust that he was going to keep those waters apart the entire time as they walked. And to a certain extent, I look back now and I'm like, wow. I, a lot of those parts were terrifying, seeing the towers of water on either side of me, like, whether it's failure over here, the chance of failing, the chance of, like, maybe this is what God has for me, sure. the chances of those coming down on me. But now I'm looking back, and I'm like, wow. And now I'm, I've crossed the Red Sea, and I look back, and that, that's amazing. That's mm-hmm. amazing what God – it wasn't me, but it was definitely the community of believers that God worked through and yeah. getting, me, getting me to where I am now.
0: It's yeah. Yeah. a good word.
1: I think so. I hope, uh, I hope you guys have, have uh, gained something from this today.
0: Anything yeah, else you want to say? Hi to your mom. Anybody? Hi, you mom. Know?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I love you too. This. We're
0: <laughs> happy to have you, man. Yeah. We're happy to have you for it's the next uh, handful of months yeah. here, and look forward to uh, to yeah. all all that God's gonna do in you and through you. Yeah. Takeaway is, when God leads,
1: He's good, mm. and what He has for you is the best.